Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. I hope you're having a really good day so far. This has been a day today where we have a lot on the plate. So we have, what is it, three nights left in our house right now. So everything is packed up in boxes and it's we're in this kind of a funny pickle. Our close date on our house is actually June the 28th, but we don't get to move into our new place until July 1st. So we're doing like three nights in an Airbnb and all of our stuff is packed away in storage and stuff like that. So we're kind of just all organizing that and there's going to be a lot on the go. So I'm recording a couple episodes today to stay ahead so that you have episodes while I'm moving. So I think that would be so much fun. So what is going on with you? I hope things are going really well. So today, today we are talking about intermittent fasting, and that is a topic that I've talked about over the years, but my stance on intermittent fasting and my beliefs on it and what I teach now have completely changed. So my goal in this episode today is not to tell you to do intermittent fasting or to not do intermittent fasting, but to tell you what I've learned so that you can modify it to fit your own lifestyle because there are so many benefits and we're going to be going over those today about how it can you know really sharpen your brain and make you clear which is all things we want as an entrepreneur but you know the scale can tip the other way and it can also cause a lot of you know fatigue and and energy draining if you're doing it the wrong way so my goal today present the evidence and you get to choose what you want to do with it and the biggest thing I'm going to be covering today is how my personal relationship with it has changed now that I have more knowledge so As usual, like I said, this is not, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not here to say do this or don't do this. I'm just giving you the evidence and you get to decide with either your doctor or on your own whether this is something that you want to include. And this is not telling you how to do it or when to do it because I know for a fact full-time intermittent fasting works well for many people. And I'm sharing my uh, my experience just based on my continued drive to be educated because if you've spent any time in my world at all, you will know that I can't stop learning almost to the point where it is now a problem that I'm having to address. It's like I, I love reading and consuming and understanding and seeing different points of views so that my own views can be challenged. That is what makes me a better health consultant is I am always looking for something to challenge my current beliefs. And if you've spent any time in the nutrition industry or the fitness industry, you will know that there is plenty of information out there to challenge the way you think. And I always want to make sure that I'm finding what is actually best for me and my clients, right? And then of course, sharing that here with you. I want you to know exactly what's going on so you can make well-informed decisions. Well, let's start off this episode by talking about like what is intermittent fasting, especially since that's the topic of the episode. And if you're sitting here going, I've never heard those words before. I'll bring you up to speed. So intermittent fasting is essentially eating in alternating periods of fasting and feasting. So fasting is when you're not eating at all. And feasting is obviously when you are eating. But the interesting thing is we already do intermittent fasting and we don't even know it. So when you finish your last meal at the end of the night and you don't eat until you wake up the next morning, that's actually a period of fasting. Intermittent fasting specifically 
looks more at the amount of time you spend fasting versus the amount of time you spend feasting. I mean, if you think about the first meal of the day, what's it called? Breakfast or break your fast. So you're already doing it. Now, it's become really popular over the last couple of years to actually use this as a strategy, not only to help with longevity and health and clarity and brain performance and weight loss and all of these other things, but it is, like I said, it's become really popular. So when you're looking at traditional intermittent fasting, the window that most people are thinking about is fasting for 16 hours and eating for eight hours. So an example of this would be if you had your first meal at nine, your last meal would end at 5. So that is a window of eating from 9 to 5, and then you would fast from 5 p.m. all the way until 9 a.m. the next morning. Or, you know, other schedules work well. You could eat from 12 to 8. You could eat from 6 to 2. The whole point is that you're wanting to consume your calories within a condensed window of time. And there's lots of different kinds of fasting. Some people like doing 18 hours of fasting, 6 hours of eating, or 4 and 20. I mean, there's so you could look into it and find all the different types Um, and on top of that, there's even things like water fasting, which you only drink water during your fasting hours. And some people do it where they only consume like less than 50 calories so that they can have cream in their coffee. There are all kinds of ways to do it. And I remember the very first time I heard about intermittent fasting in university, when I was doing my undergrad in kinesiology, my boyfriend at the time was like all about bodybuilding and about fitness and about eating and intermittent fasting. And I remember when he was doing it, I was like, you're crazy. Who wants to eat all of their food within eight hours? And I mean, I'm talking like this is back in like, oh, I don't know, 2009, 2010. So like 11 to 12 years ago when this was already coming on the scene in popularity. And I remember just watching him be so miserable trying to eat all of his food in eight hours. And I was like, that doesn't look fun. But Little did I know, not too long later, I would be doing it too and I would actually end up loving it. But I've changed the strategy in which I do it, which I'm going to share with you now. So like I said, what's the goal of intermittent fasting? It's to eat all of your food in a condensed amount of time. And why? So you can have a longer window of time when you don't eat so that the hormone insulin can be lowered. If you've never heard of insulin before, you need to go back to episode five of this podcast and check out the episode titled three food rules to eliminate brain fog. I talk all about insulin there, but just to give you a quick recap, when you eat food, it is broken down in your digestive tract and anything carbohydrate is broken down into glucose molecules. Glucose molecules cross the um, the barrier of your intestines into your blood and then it, it's what we know as blood sugar, so glucose, right? And then when glucose goes up in your blood, your body sends out a hormone called insulin to bring the blood sugar levels back down. I always like to think of insulin, the hormone, kind of like Pac-Man going around going nom, 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 and picking up all the glucose, but then putting it in the muscles and the liver and the body fat. So that's kind of what it is. And the thing is, when we eat this way, it actually helps to lower blood sugar. It's a really interesting way of doing it. Many people are doing it to get diabetes under control, to lose weight, etc. like that. Like there's authors who have very successful careers talking about intermittent fasting. One of them, you know, where I learned it from would be Dr. Jason Fung. He wrote a book called The Obesity Code and then um I think something like Guide to Intermittent Fasting or something, great books that really helped educate me on what is going on behind it. But what I've learned in recent history is that this is not a long-term diet. What? 
not a long-term diet. It's a strategy, but not a long-term diet. More on this later. Um, But the benefits, like why the heck are people doing this time-restricted eating in the first place? Well, you know what? Main thing people are doing it for right now is weight loss, which I mean, yes, that's a byproduct of it, but there are so many benefits that go beyond weight loss that my perspective has always been, and especially with clients in the past, is if weight loss is the focus for intermittent fasting, I don't think that that is a good enough reason for the stress that it does put on your body. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second. But I find that when people are doing it for weight loss, they usually do it incorrectly. So when we condense our window, so say we're only eating from like 11 to 7, what we accidentally do is we eat less calories. And this is not the point. In my opinion, the point of intermittent fasting is to eat what the calories like you're already eating in a condensed window. But some people use this to kind of double play the game and they'll eat less calories because it is in a condensed window. You're not supposed to do a severe caloric deficit and fasting at the same time, because in my opinion, those are two different weight loss methods, and I am never a fan of reducing your calories. You will hear me talk about that again and again, because all eating less calories does is teach you to eat less forever. It teaches your body to eat less forever, and it affects your metabolism and your hormones. So Every time I'm referring to intermittent fasting, I am talking about the concept of if your body needs 2,000 calories a day, instead of eating it all day long, you're now eating it in an eight-hour window. So keep that in mind. Intermittent fasting is not caloric restriction, in my opinion. All right. So another benefit. uh, Intermittent fasting allows insulin to stay lower because when you're not eating for that extended 16-hour window, insulin doesn't need to do its job, right? So insulin stays lower. And high insulin levels are definitely associated with inflammation, which can lead to brain fog, which can lead to a whole host of other diseases, right? And on top of that, insulin is an anabolic hormone. That means it is a hormone that builds things. And that means fat storage. And we don't want fat storage. Nobody wants fat storage. So as long as your insulin is high in your body all the time, then you will likely be storing body fat. Now, it doesn't really have anything to do with intermittent fasting. You can find a way of eating in your general lifestyle that keeps insulin low. Like I said, head back to episode five. I talk all about that there. Another benefit to intermittent fasting actually is cellular repair. So this process is actually called autophagy. When we intermittent fast or we give our body a break from breaking down food and eating all the time, it gives our body the chance to actually seek out the cells that aren't performing properly anymore or they're a little laggy or maybe they're even dying and your body actually breaks down those cells so that they're no longer being used anymore. And this is one of the prime reasons that I would do intermittent fasting is because it keeps your body healthy from the inside out. This helps in so many long-term diseases and increasing longevity. So cellular repair, it repairs your body from the inside out by getting rid of all the dead stuff. And the really interesting thing I actually found about extended fasting is that um, it has been used in cancer research recently, meaning when um, someone is suffering with cancer, of course, this is, I think, I don't know if this is cancer type specific because I've never actually been in this situation, but I've had done some reading that extended fasts, when you're looking at four to seven day fast, have been used in research to starve down tumors. I mean, there are so many wonderful things that can be accompanied with intermittent fasting. And on top of that, your body learns how to burn something called ketones. So normally when you eat your regular standard diet, 
you get a rush of blood sugar and your body is used to using that for fuel. But when you have those extended fasting periods and your body taps out of its sugar storage, then what actually happens is your body might start breaking down fat. And if you've ever looked at a fat molecule up close, like a triglyceride molecule, that's what happens when you break down a fat molecule is it becomes a bunch of molecules called triglycerides. It has, let's think of it like a backbone and it has like three wiggly arms. Oh, think of actually think of the letter E. So it kind of looks like that. So the, the backbone or the straight line up and down of the E, that would be what we call a glycerol molecule. Now, your body can actually use that and turn it into glucose. So when your body learns how to do this, there is a byproduct of that breakdown called a ketone. So your brain can actually use ketone and you can actually experience this doing a low carb diet as well, but ketones are kind of like a clean burning fuel. Your brain usually operates quite well on them. And if you've ever had a period of time where your body has adapted to and is good at burning ketones, it is very, um, how do I explain it? It's kind of like a a euphoric kind of clarity that you get. It is so fascinating. And if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know exactly what I mean by just the efficiency of your thinking and everything like that that comes with teaching your body to burn ketones. And that's one of the reasons that I really love the idea of a low to moderate carb diet as well, because you get the advantages of this. All right, one more benefit of intermittent fasting is it actually increases something called brain-derived neurotropic factor. What this does is it increases your brain plasticity and allows you to learn new things. It actually makes you smarter. So there are so many benefits to intermittent fasting. So you're probably like, um, I don't get it. Why are you telling us that maybe we shouldn't be doing it all the time? Well, this is what we're going to be going into today. So have you ever had that feeling? And I find it to be a very yucky feeling when you're beliefs have been challenged, meaning you firmly believe something and you know it to be true because of everything you've experienced or you read. And then something happens where you're like, oh, that can't be true because that would mean what I think is wrong. Well, this is kind of what happened to me with intermittent fasting. I was loud and proud. I talked about intermittent fasting all of the time. But as I began to read more into it, and the more I learned, I kept being confronted with this evidence that maybe intermittent fasting had a dark side as well, and it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And I remember seeing it and being like, no, no, that can't be true because that means everything that I believe might not be right anymore. And I really, I remember there being like a six month period of time a couple of years ago where I denied seeing other evidence. And that can be a dangerous thing that we all get into. We do it with our beliefs in our daily lives. We do it in the way we think, but we need to be constantly open to other people's opinions. So I remember having that belief challenged. And one of the best ways I actually had that in writing challenged, if you go back to my episode 25 on why I annoy my doctor, I read a passage from a book called In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. And it was talking about how women with active active menstrual cycles have been left out of research time and time again. So all of this amazing intermittent fasting research and even research on things like keto and all of these things have only been done on either men or postmenopausal women because they were not able to account for and control for all the variables that come with a female menstrual cycle and the hormones that change 
throughout the month. And now that women are just starting to be included in this research, they're like, um, hold on. So some of these keto diets and intermittent fasting, like, oh, they're really affecting female hormones. This is a problem. And the more I read into it, the more I learned. And what is coming out now is that women can successfully do intermittent fasting for about two to four weeks before problems begin to show up hormonally. Men, it takes about six weeks or so because their cycles are different. They have different hormones. They respond differently. So the crazy thing is even very popular intermittent fasting advocates like like Dave Asprey, who's like the founder of biohacking, he's now doing interviews where he's saying like, oh, you know what? We're switching it up. Intermittent fasting full time might not be the idea. We want to be able to keep ourselves safe. And I remember pre-pregnancy, so a couple years ago, my focus was very body focused and I came out of my pregnancy a t- an entirely different person. Like before going in to being pregnant, I cared very much about what I looked like, about the extra fat I might've had on my stomach, about the cellulite I might've had on my legs, but my body has fundamentally changed going through like labor and having a baby. Obviously my skin is looser, my hormones shifted and pre-pregnancy, like I loved intermittent fasting. I would eat from 12 to 8 or even 2 to 8 daily and I really enjoyed it because I felt very lean and very focused and I felt light in my body and all of these were real benefits of intermittent fasting and I got great results for like three years and I'm always like I love it it's the best and I would fluctuate anywhere from like 123 pounds to 128 depending on how much I fasted and I was just looking at that being like this is great but what I wasn't looking at were some of the symptoms that maybe should have caught my attention in the first place like I wasn't having the greatest sleep and I always just told myself well maybe it's because I have back pain and I had naps every day around 2 p.m. and I always told myself it was just because I could I had schedule freedom But I also had irregular periods, like I would miss three periods completely in the spring, or I'd have a 60-day cycle, or, you know, it would be a short cycle, and they were all over the place. And I told myself, oh, it must just be because of birth control. But for the women listening to this podcast, your menstrual cycles are your canary in a coal mine. If you haven't heard that analogy before, it... Back when, I don't, actually, I don't know back when, but they used to send canaries into a coal mine to test for the levels of gases, toxic gases, because canaries are so much smaller that their bodies, they would reach toxic levels of any gases in the coal mine a lot faster, so they would die. So this gave humans like the, oh, the canary died. This is a problem. We should all get out. Now, your periods are your canary in a coal mine. If they are irregular in length, if they are really short, really long, too heavy, if they are non-existent, these are all signs that there is a hormonal imbalance going on. And this was something I never thought. And I always used to be in the mindset like, it's fine. It has to be the birth control. or This is a good thing. Who wants that anyways? But had I looked into all these things I was seeing and been more objective, I might've seen these as an issue. But now post-pregnancy, My body is my priority and my brain is my priority, more on the actual fundamental longevity and health. And I want to be able to have a brain that has all the energy that I need. And I want to have a brain that performs and creates amazing businesses and does phenomenal things. That is my priority, not 
what the scale says. And on this side of pregnancy, I have created such a more wonderful relationship with my body that I didn't have before. I mean, like I sit on, I I talk about this openly on Instagram and I post photos too. When I'm sitting on my bike doing my Peloton classes, I have a mirror right beside me. And when I look over, I can see loose skin from my pregnancy hanging off my stomach. There's my stomach and then there's the loose skin. And I don't see it as a problem, whereas before it would have been like, oh my gosh. And when I look back on photos of myself pre-pregnancy, oh, I was like, girl, why were you so critical? I, I didn't see my body for what it was at the time. And so I've just decided that that's probably true right now, that I'm never going to see myself exactly as I am, because I think that's just the nature of our brain to find things to be problematic with. But now I'm like, hey, this is my body. But the cool thing is I've got a really sharp brain and I can do really cool things and I have a lot of energy and this is so much better than having a stomach with no flat skin. So right now, the cool thing is, is now I'm going to explain to you the intermittent fasting strategy I am using, but I sit around 128 to 130 pounds now, depending on what's going on in my life, meaning I go up sometimes and sometimes I go down and that's all fine because when I am really focused on, you know, getting all my workouts in and my health and my nutrition's on point, yeah, I'm going to sit a little bit lower, but that's not always the case, right? And the crazy thing is now, like as of today, This is the first time in five years that I have had regular cycles. It shows up on the exact day I've predicted. There's nothing wrong. I don't get cramps. I don't get cravings. I don't get any PMS at all. Like I'm always so surprised when it shows up. And this I have learned through my research on hormones is normal. If you are having, you know, severe breast tenderness or severe cramps or severe cravings or moodiness, This can be a sign that something is going wrong either with your blood sugars or your hormones are out of balance. You don't have to sit and suffer with this if you have extreme PMS. There are things you can do about it. Talk to your doctor or better yet, read that book that I talked about to give you an idea of what actually happens to your body during a cycle. And if you're a dude listening to this, you know, you don't get a cycle and that's okay. But this is something that we need to know for all the women in our lives and make sure that, you know, there's there's awareness going on that suffering doesn't have to be the norm. All right. Okay. So now that I actually am doing intermittent fasting smartly, I cycle it or I phase intermittent fasting in and out based on everything I have learned and based on my cycle. Because here is what I didn't put together ahead of time that made intermittent fasting one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is interesting. The biggest reason, and I've always known this, that people should not do intermittent fasting is if they are already exposed to or experiencing higher levels of stress. And I knew that, right? But I never put it together because if you think about it, restricting food timing, meaning not eating for 16 hours a day, is a stressor on the body. If you deal with chronically high stress levels on a regular basis, intermittent fasting might not be a good decision for you, but we don't ever consider that. All we think is, well, will I lose weight? Will my insulin go down? Will this? Will of that? Without actually considering the ramifications that it could be causing if intermittent fasting was never good for you in the first place. And then I get clients that will talk to me and they'll say this, but I'm not a stressed out person. Like everything's fine. Like I'm not worried about anything. Stress does not have to be mental stress. Let me underline that. You don't have to be having stressful thoughts for your body to be under stress. 
Many of us are dealing with a stress that we may not be recognizing. It doesn't mean you're not stressed just because you're not having stressful thoughts. Think about this. If you are sitting at your computer all day long, your body is being stressed. If you are eating crappy processed foods that did not come from the ground and did not have a mother, your body is experiencing a type of stress. If you have less than seven and a half to eight hours of high quality sleep, your body that day under stress. If you are working out really hard and your muscles are sore, your body is under stress. If you're not eating enough calories, guess what? Body's under stress. If you have a big project on the go or you're launching a new product, body's under stress. Your adrenal glands are producing the hormone called cortisol. And when your body feels threatened, cortisol is going to go up. So if you are sitting here and your body is under stress and then you're deciding to time restrict food, none of this is going to be good. If you're having any of those, and I mean, there's so many other ways your body can experience stress, intermittent fasting can be problematic. So let's jump into the science of this and take this one level further and look at women's hormones. So... Day one to day 14 of our cycle, meaning if day one is the day you get your period, day 14 is the middle of the cycle, approximately when you ovulate, that is called the follicular phase. You don't need to remember these things, but they're nice to know. So the follicular phase comes first. And so here's just a little idea of what is happening. The hormone called estrogen is on its way up and it's rising. You have a ton of energy. You probably want to start a bunch of projects. This is that time of the month where you have those workouts where you're like, yeah, I'm like on beast mode right now, right? But there's also other things that happen. Your appetite is naturally suppressed. You're not very hungry during this time because your blood sugar is super stable. You also burn less calories during this time. Your body naturally downregulates your metabolism a little bit. So day one to 14, basically what you need to know, lots of energy, natural appetite suppression, blood sugar stable, burn less calories, okay? But then once you cross past um, the middle of your cycle, so in ovulation, all the way until the end, meaning the day before you get your period, that is called your luteal phase. During this phase, that hormone estrogen we talked about, well, it starts to fall. You also have a little bit of a rise and then a fall in a hormone called progesterone. Now, like I said, what does this actually mean for you? Well, during that luteal phase, the last half of your cycle, your sleep becomes disrupted. It is not as high quality because melatonin is affected. You have trouble falling asleep. You have trouble staying asleep. You probably wake up during the night a bit more. And during this last phase, cortisol production, that's your stress hormone, is naturally higher. And what's worse, blood sugar is unstable. So you naturally need more carbohydrates to help keep your blood sugar stable. And I'm not talking about pasta and cookies, you guys. I'm talking about whole carbohydrates. I'm talking about things like vegetables with plenty of fiber. I'm talking about things potentially like uh, maybe beans or lentils, or quinoa, or like anything that is a whole healthy carb, not the processed ones. So the other interesting thing that happens during the last half of your cycle is you increase the amount of energy you burn and appetite. So I want you now to think about this. So we know that in the beginning, energy's up, blood sugar's stable, feeling good, appetite suppressed, and at the end of your cycle, oh my gosh, you're hungry for everything, your mood's all over the place, blood sugar's unstable, burning more energy, your appetites increase. Okay, so now think about this. So you're at your computer right now, right? You're working on a, a launch. Maybe you're writing the email copy or there's a big project you have on the go. And you're working out three to four times a week, right? And that's a little bit more stress on the body and on top of the launch. And maybe you had a disagreement with your partner this morning. That's more stress. 
and you've had three crappy sleeps in a row, let's just say. Just not because you did anything wrong, but because you're in the luteal phase of your cycle and melatonin is disrupted and you are most likely to have poor quality sleeps. Ah, And on top of that, you're naturally producing more cortisol. And this is situations as entrepreneurs we see all the time. Now, let's add on time-restricted eating and really stress your body out. Chronic high cortisol is a problem. We can't ignore that, right? And when you pair intermittent fasting with this part in your cycle, this is not optimal for your body. Chronic cortisol can lead to shutting down your brain. And I don't mean turning the whole thing off, but you have an area of the brain called your prefrontal cortex. We talked about it before. It basically is the part of your brain that is responsible for higher thinking, planning, executive function, everything that makes us humans, thinking about thinking, all of that kind of stuff, right? It shuts that part of the brain down. It also kills brain cells. It keeps your body in fight or flight all the time. It causes brain fog and energy drop off and inflammation and irritability and headaches and anxiety. Oh, cortisol can even cause weight gain or just prevent you from losing any weight further. If you're stuck in that trap right now, your body might just be in constant chronic stress. It throws off your hormones. You can get irregular or missed periods. And men, this counts for you too. It does affect your testosterone levels. It can suppress testosterone. It affects estrogen and progesterone. Those are hormones women have that respond to their cycle. And on top of that, chronic cortisol disrupts your sleep even further. So this feeds back into that cycle. Now, try showing up in your business with that brain and that body, right? So what do you do? What if you want all of the benefits of intermittent fasting, like the the cellular autophagy and the insulin management and the weight loss and all what if you want all of those things but you also want to have a clear focused brain well we're going to phase it we're going to cycle it what this means is you're going to do periods of intermittent fasting and then periods of non-intermittent fasting so you get the most benefit without damaging your hormones or your health. So if you're a dude listening to this, I think one of the things that is important to know is your hormone cycles span 24 hours, meaning let's just let's just use midnight to midnight. You have a perfect hormone cycle where your testosterone will rise and it will fall at the same time every day, meaning your hormones take a full 24 hours to do their thing. Women, 28 to 32 days to do our full hormone cycle. So our bodies are different, meaning yes, we have to eat different and yes, we have to train different. That is actually a thing. I don't mean you can't do the same exercise. I don't mean you can't eat the same foods. I just mean we need to cycle it different. So for women, you need to be tracking your cycle and where you are in your cycle. Remember the first, from the first day of your period until the middle of your cycle, that is your follicular phase. And from that midpoint on all the way until the day before your next period, that is your luteal phase. So If I'm going to be incorporating intermittent fasting, guess when we'll do it? Women, it is during the follicular phase. That is day one to day 15. Why? Because your appetite is already naturally suppressed and your blood sugar is stable and your body is already not naturally producing higher levels of cortisol. So what this might look like is maybe you start eating at nine and you stop eating at five or six. Well, because all of those reasons we talked about, this is going to make it the most ideal time. Now, I do wanna say this. If you are chronically stressed out all the time anyways, intermittent fasting is likely not going to be a good choice for you at all. So 
I want you to make sure that you're not negotiating your brain into doing intermittent fasting for a reason like weight loss when you're not actually taking care of your body. So if you're going to do intermittent fasting, that's the time. During the luteal phase, during the last half of your cycle, I look at intermittent fasting at a minimum of 12 hours of eating. And this is especially important in the week before your period. So what does this look like for me? So on day one of my cycle, I might maybe eat during like a 12 to 10 hour window. And then, you know, in week two of my cycle, so meaning day seven to 14, I'm going to go to an eight hour window. So I will do something like eating from nine to five or 10 to six, something in that range there. Sometimes I'll even do a nine hour window. And then what I will do is after ovulation, I'm going to expand it back out to a 10 to 12 hour window. And then in that week before my period, I'm always making sure that I am in at least a 12 hour eating window. So that is the idea of phasing. I am doing intermittent fasting personally, usually for about 10 days right after my period ends. And then I am stopping and going back to eating for at least 12 hours a day because my blood sugar is much more stable while I am eating. On top of that, I need to keep my cortisol levels low. Like I'm not a magic genie here. I experience stress. Like I'm going to be doing um, some fun stuff on Instagram in the month of July talking all about stress because as entrepreneurs that is something that we are chronically dealing with is stress even you know if it comes to just team members leaving or we need to hire new people or we have a lot on our plate right now or we're finishing a big project or there's a launch or we have webinars or you're you know there's so many things that are always causing us some level of stress and we need to be sure we're taking care of that and I don't escape that like I said at the beginning of the episode I'm moving this week This has affected me and I can feel the fact that my house is full of boxes and they're absolutely everywhere right now, uh, coupled with the fact that, you know, most of my stuff, like I said, is in boxes. So, you know, when you're like, I need that, but you don't know where it is or it's already packed in storage and just the idea of, you know, cleaning the house and moving my body's under stress right now. So I am very conscious to be very minimal with my intermittent fasting and be taking care of my body because my brain is so much more important than my waistline. Cellular autophagy and all that kind of stuff, it'll be waiting for me when I'm done this period of stress in my life. And this goes for any diet you do, you guys, whether, you know, whether you're a fan of keto or paleo or whatever diet type you are a fan of, or if you eat pegan, which is a combination of paleo and vegan, or you just eat whole foods, whatever it is. Eating one way consistently for a long period of time has been shown to be not as advantageous as cycling your diet types. So maybe you do a week of keto and then a week of intermittent fasting and then a week of moderate carb and then a week of maybe two weeks of moderate carb, but you're constantly cycling so that you're taking care of your body. So that is what I have for you today, you guys. This, like I said, was not an episode telling you to or not to do intermittent fasting, but my experience with my own body and also what I've learned from just constantly needing to research things and understand other side of it and really look at like beyond the surface reasons of why we do things, look at a deep reason of actually what is the benefit of incorporating an eating style like this into our lifestyle. And I want you to be always critically questioning everything. And just because I present something to you does not mean you're like, yep, that's a great idea. I'm just going to I'm going to do that. I want you to question it. Like what is my life like? What is my stress levels like? What is my experience like? 
What would work for me? What do I want to try and then look at all of my results and make decisions going forward? That's what it means to be a critical thinker. I'm never a fan of doing what I'm told because I always want to make sure that I am doing what's best for me because you're the only one that knows you best, right? So if you are like, oh my gosh, this was also interesting, I'd love to hear about it. So tag me on Instagram with, you know, let me know you're listening to this episode and what you're doing. And I, I love it. And I have been getting so many fun comments over the last couple of weeks. Like even people like reaching out to me at, when I'm out being like, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. And it's, I really appreciate hearing from you guys. And what is... I can't thank you enough for sharing it. Like the amount of you guys that are sending it to a friend or sharing it with um, someone you know at work. Like this is so important for for me and I really want to make sure that I told you how much I appreciate it and how much it's doing for the show. I mean, we're in over 40 countries right now, you guys. The growth on the show is just explosive. So big thank you to that. Last thing I want to sign off with is two things. Um, number one, If you have not downloaded my free entrepreneur's playbook called 12 Ways to Biohack Your Energy, you need to get on that right now. There's a link in the description. It's at tanessashears.com slash energy. It is the top 12 biohacks that I use with my clients to help them really improve their energy so that they feel like they're on fire and that they can, you know, have really clear thinking and show up to their desk feeling sharp and have high energy mornings. It's completely free and it's at tanessashears.com slash energy energy. So you need to go download that and then you can get on my email list and I can tell you all the new things that I have coming down the pipe and workshops and oh, just all the fun things. And lastly, if you're like, I love all this stuff, but I don't have time to think about it and I don't have time to apply it to myself and I don't know there's so many health things and I don't know what to do first, you need to work with me. I offer a one-on-one consulting and coaching service. I do a six-month program in which I work very closely with entrepreneurs to help them develop their personalized health protocol. So what we do is we get you an Oura Ring and I look at all the data every single month every single week. And we make decisions based on all of your data that's coming off. How are you sleeping? What are your stress levels like? Um, What's your resting heart rate like? Kind of like all the information we talked about in the episode called The Quantified Self. Well, that's what I do. And I really make sure that you are on point so that you can go and run your business and make sure it grows and do amazing things with that. And you outsource all of your health planning to me. And I make sure it's easy and it's effective so that you're getting more energy out of your health than the time it takes you to put in. So you're not losing time by spending, you know, some time exercising or sleeping. You're actually getting that back. So if you're like, oh my gosh, yes, the link is in the description. Fill out the application. I'm going to email you back. We're going to get on a call for an hour and me and you, we're going to have a chat about, oh my gosh, here's where your energy is leaking. Here's exactly how I can help you. What do you think? Do you want to work together? So that's there for you. And I would love to see your name pop into my inbox this week. If you've been thinking about it, Now's the time to get off the fence and book yourself a consultation with me and let's get everything sorted out so you can start feeling really sharp, clear, and focused. Okay, you guys, have a good week and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Ready to begin each day feeling energized and focused? I'd love to work with you one-on-one. In my Becoming Limitless program, you're gonna learn how to optimize your brain and body with science and biohacking so you can be highly productive and grow your business faster. Join me over at tanessashears.com slash work with me. I'll see you there.